This episode of Grunt Work brought to you by the Daisy Soft Sweep Decor Series Vacuum Cleaner. Same feminine allure, now with double the chromosomes. everybody to yet another exciting and fascinating episode of Grunt Work, the podcast where Landon and I watch every episode of Home Improvement and talk about it. One at a time, though. Well, yeah, yeah. Although, wouldn't it be wild if we had like 200 TVs and all of them (laughs) doing an episode (laughs) at the same time? Yeah. Uh, Matrix style? Yeah, yeah. yeah, We put on Colonel Sanders suits and we sit in a little room at the center of the earth. (laughs) Yep. I think it would take a long time to get all of that queued up and get all the TVs set up, but I think that the the ensuing 22 minutes of of pure, (laughs) uncut home improvement... Yeah. That that would be insane. We would find some sort of weird conspiracy like the Paul is dead stuff uh, from the Beatles. If, you know, if we play them all simultaneously at the same time, there's going to be one word that's spoken in unison at a certain exact moment. (laughs) And that word is, oh, (laughs) actually, the uh, not many people know this, but uh, uh, if you play Sgt. Pepper's Only Hearts Club Band every uh, song backwards, you will, if you write down what you hear, that is the script of the pilot of Home Improvement. <laughs> that's where they got the idea from. That's why That's why the show was so popular. It was a deal with the devil. It was yes. the satanic messages. Oh, man. Yeah. Truman, it's good to see you. It's good to see you, too. And uh, it's good, everyone at home, to have you listening to us seeing each other. Indeed. Uh, <laughs> I'm, uh, yeah. Go we ahead. got some news. We hit uh, our 500th download. Yeah. Uh, total in 10 episodes, we hit 500 downloads. Um, these are numbers. I don't know what those mean, but. I think it means 500 <laughs> people have downloaded our podcast. Yeah. And I've only downloaded it like two or 300 times. So or the rest of that. One person has downloaded it 500 times. Oh, man. Well, well <laughs> whoever you are, maybe. Well, unless, unless you're putting, unless you've got it loaded on 500 iPods at once and <laughs> yeah, are listening right. to all of them for one very intense hour. Yes. Well, whether whether you've downloaded, whether you're one person who's downloaded our show 500 times or a group of people <laughs> who, we just appreciate you guys downloading and listening yes, to us. Absolutely. Because if not for you guys, we would just be two guys watching Home Improvement and talking about it to each other for the benefit of no one else. True, but I still feel like that would give me value in life. It would give me value in life, too, certainly. But, I mean, you know, if a tree talks about home improvement in the forest and no one is there to see it, (laughs) did it really talk about home improvement? Ah, you're already blowing my mind. We're only five minutes in. You know, what is is the sound of one owl uh, being lonely? Well, we've answered it. We've hit all the tough questions. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Uh, so this week's episode. Yeah. Do you want to just go into it here? Yeah, let's just let's okay. just jump in. I've got a very concise synopsis for you. Give it to you me. You ready for this? I'm get, I want a concise synopsis. Jill has to give a speech. She has a fear of public speaking. And Tim is supportive. That is about as much as we the the story gives us in this episode. It is a plot light episode. It really and I, is, and I've said that before, and this one especially. <laughs> Tim Tim kind of you know uh, shows us a really big supportive side and like yeah. helps her conquer her fear, yeah. and that that is legitimately the, the episode. Yeah, I and my you know and what I would say about this episode, uh, sweet. Heartwarming, really a big course correction after the the misogyny orgy of last week's uh, last week's episode. Right, 
By the way, uh, you've got to see Misogyny Orgy when they play the Greek theater. Uh, they'll be selling uh, uh, T-shirts up front. But it was it was it was sweet, and I liked what they did with the characters. And mm-hmm. I don't think it was a, a great episode, just because none of it none of it was really focused that well. I mean, we never. Yeah. So the the whole the whole episode is driven by Jill has to give this speech at the library. She raised mm-hmm. all this money, seven thousand dollars, and she's got to give this speech to the library board, and she's nervous about it. Yeah. And the whole episode is her working on it and Tim trying to create a good environment for her to work on it by taking right. on the household tasks that would normally keep her busy. She's procrastinating at every turn. Yeah, showing uh, this vulnerability that we don't normally see from Jill. Yeah. So there's all this buildup and then we never even see her give the speech. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I I don't know that it would have felt out of character for the show to to do it because we've never seen the library. I mean, yeah. we're introduced to her, uh, to her as this um, philanthropist sort of entity in this episode so there's no context for it to cut away to that yeah i felt like that would have been awkward but it does still feel awkward that it was just like this big build-up to her conquering her fear and then we never actually see the moment in which she does so yeah and in the aftermath we see her in the immediate aftermath when she and tim and the boys go to the set of of tool time but she doesn't even really seem super jazzed. Just like, oh, God, I'll have to do it again next year. Let's not right. talk about it. <laughs> uh, also, you said philanthropy entity. And uh, <laughs> I just, I don't know, man. Someone call Lin-Manuel Miranda because we're, we're pretty close to some sick rhymes and beats off that. I'll <laughs> uh, get Jurassic 5 on the phone. Actually, and while, while we're at it, mm-hmm. just while I'm thinking about it, the grunt count for this episode was a solid round 10. Oh, wow. I You know... It's a lot more than I thought. It felt pretty... Um, grunt light? Gr- grunt light. But I guess, as you've mentioned in the past, they're usually clustered together, right? As was the case here. Yeah. yeah, he got a bunch of them out up front when he was on his first Tool Time segment. And then at one point, he did a grunt midway through the episode, and I can't remember exactly where it was placed, but he did a grunt that was so loud and forceful and long that I almost feel like... <laughs> I, the, the system that I've got yeah. is just not sophisticated enough to record the intensity of this grunt. This grunt counted for like three grunts, but yeah. it's just one. I gotta go you gotta, back. You gotta take it back to the lab and run yeah. some new algorithms on it and find a <laughs> find adjust your Rosetta Stone. Yeah, it's like it's like in the Fifth Element when they take that one bit of the crashed alien spaceship back and do all the tests, yeah. and they put it in the thing, and then it becomes a sexy girl with bandages on. I want to do that with that grunt. Yeah. Uh, what? Okay. So if you were to take the grunt, yes, and put it through this lab testing, what sort of person would come out of that? What What kind of weird science creation would come from personifying Tim's grunt? I feel like it would be, it would be the the thing that would come out, the creature that would come out would be very hairy. I know that. <laughs> I think it would it would have a tool belt on that mm-hmm. would look like it had put the tool belt on, but it was actually a part of its skin. Like it just had these like <laughs> it had I, I you can't see the motion I'm making around my waist right now, but it's it would have all the pouches just right. thrown on there. Yeah, yeah, just like it's uh, a tool belt under the skin almost. Basic, yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, you know Tribbles on on yeah, Star, Star Trek? Trek. So like one of those, but with a tool belt and a trucker hat. Would it be a blue orange, or would it have like just normal man hair? Uh, I think it would have just like, yeah, it would have just like sort of the dark color okay. of just male body. Because the second you said tribbles and a, a full-bodied person, I immediately started to think of uh, Earth Girls Are Easy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I don't think we, anybody needs another sexy Jeff 
blue Jeff Goldblum. Oh, oh, Landon. I don't think so, Landon. We need a lot more sexy blue Jeff Goldblum. Look, and if you, you know, to take it back to the fifth element, they take yeah. that one bit of the alien spaceship and reformulate it into a human, and that human is the fifth element to yeah. defeat evil, which, of course, is love. Mm-hmm. So I really actually like the idea that a pure grunt is a blue alien Jeff Goldblum. I just don't know what element, like, what, you know, what special sauce then does that bring to the evil right. fighting conundrum? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Uh, maybe, maybe it's more to do mundane tasks like just uh, fixing the vacuum. Yeah, exactly. To, yeah. to take over the household chores to give all of the other elements time to fight evil. <laughs> Anyway, I kind of I kind of blacked out there for a little while, but the point is the series grunt count is one seventy one, and Earth Girls Are Easy yeah. is tragically underrated. I totally agree. It's a huge childhood adolescent movie of mine. Um, Jim Carrey Jim Carrey was in that too, right? That yeah, was and Damon early... Wayans and Gina Davis. She's everybody in Earth Girls Are Easy. Charles Rocket, who R.I.P. But um, oh. yeah, um, I do want to ask you. Yeah, uh, we are eleven episodes in now. Yes. With the grunting, are you starting to notice any sort of primitive communication uh, that you can, like, decipher meaning from grunts? Well, I will say that I think the, the, my biggest observation thus far, as we discussed, mm-hmm. is that the grunts tend to come in clusters, and mm-hmm. they tend to come either when Tim is confused and talking to Wilson. There's the, <gasps> Yeah, yeah, which is his response to something that he will then ask Wilson right. to spell for him. And there are variations on that, too, oh, yeah. right? Where there's the... the <gasps> Yeah. And the one, he does the kind of confused one, but mm-hmm. more as a joke. Yeah. You're like, yeah. I can't even do that, but you know what I mean? Yeah. And then also there's the grunt of affirmation where it's like, yeah, and they trail off almost into nothing. But the main source of our grunt count and the grunts that we get are when he's interacting with a tool. So when he's got something on set or when he's talking about something traditionally masculine. Yeah. So I all, I was uh, right. Uh, 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 yeah. 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 It's like, because right. that's where they all came from today. He's talking to the group on, uh, on tool time about how to trick out this, the uh, the the vacuum cleaner, the uh, Daisy Soft Sweep Decor series in yep. Harvest Gold. He throws that out as like, well, that's why men don't do more cleaning because all the cleaning supplies are so womany. We we need to we need to man them up a bit by turning it, you know, giving it the Indy Five Hundred series with the this and the that, and it right. just goes right into that. What I'm what I'm getting the so I'm at the point now where I am ready for that. Whenever yep. he's talking about a tool, I can kind of hear his voice getting to that point. But I actually almost had a false positive today because Uh-oh. before he did the grunting, he was talking about something else. I think he was talking about whatever tool they'd been using. And he's like, we're going to apply this much torque. And he, his voice yeah. kind of gets down into this range. And that's always when it's about to become grunts. Yeah. And I was ready. but the, uh, He it, pulled it, back. Yeah, he, he pulled back from the edge Course the last correct. second. Yeah. yeah. So this episode, so you want to just kind of go through yeah, from, yeah. from the get-go? So I, I want to point, I, I, this is what jumped out at me just right at first. Mm-hmm. So... The episode starts with Tim sitting, reading the paper while the boys are roughhousing yeah. and... In a ca- weird position. Yeah. In the house. Did you notice that, like, the blocking of it was, why would you sit him... Far away from the camera. They, they have him, um, for anyone that remembers the show, if you're not watching it, the layout of the, the main action is usually in the kitchen living room area, and you can kind of see deep focus into the background toward the front door, and there's a little cubby to the right of the front door. Yeah. Uh, stage uh, left, I guess it would be. Um, and there's a chair there. And it's like so far removed from the main action, I have no idea why they blocked him back there. Yeah, and so the first shot is Tim sitting in this chair as far from the camera as you can get <laughs> yeah. on the set. And the camera is kind of zoomed in on him. And then the kids are running around in the foreground in like the dining room kitchen area where most of the action usually takes place. 
I I don't know who did the blocking for this episode, but I have got I've got some words for them. <laughs> Maybe John Pasquin, who we haven't talked about, he's the he's the main director of uh, these first batch of episodes. Oh. He's the one that really kind of ushered along with the show creators um, the look and the feel of the show. Mm. Uh, I think he departs pretty soon uh maybe maybe season two i don't know but um he's directed almost every episode we've really? watched so far yeah you're you're paying what like when i'm watching the opening credits i'm just thinking about like oh man this is such goofy opening credits i should <laughs> oh here's the comments i should make about it on the podcast today that i yeah. always forget to make I, I never look at any of the names i was you know not to go back in no, time no. here but um while listening to the theme song this time uh the jazz flute really struck me yeah and if memory serves me you are you used to be a trumpet player oh yes i did sir <laughs> once a trumpet player always a trumpet once. player landon so my question is do you think this is a theme song that you could uh translate to the the trumpet i mean if if i if i was good at music theory i could what i can tell you is that uh, this is a theme song that if i could get the sheet music for it i could totally play yeah? on trumpet yeah uh, is this... Not to not to you know brag too much, guys. <laughs> Ladies, please keep your clothes on. Uh, it's your embarrassment. What I'm yourselves. hearing is a challenge. A, a challenge. I'm not, but I'm just saying I can do a thing. I'm not challenging anybody. <laughs> but you said if I had the sheet music. If I so, had... if I can find the sheet music. If you can find the sheet, can we mu- get you to play the trumpet? Oh, you can absolutely get me to play the home improvement. <laughs> piano I'd do you one better if I could find if I could find a brass quintet and the sheet music arrangements for trumpet, cornet, trombone, French horn, and tuba. I would love to be part of a brass quintet playing the home improvement theme. Truman said, ensuring that no one will ever have sex with him again. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, this challenge right. is accepted. You, the, you've heard it here. The gauntlet has been laid down. You know, I don't know how many. What is the overlap between music theory nerds and home improvement nerds? But you should—it's <laughs> just nerds. Let's yeah, be, I'm. Know. I'm just a nerd and want to hear this uh, come to fruition. So, I, yeah, no, I. I, sur- <laughs> I well, so long as we're talking about the opening credits, yeah. then I'm going to say one other thing about yeah. it. Then we're actually going to get into the episode we yeah, watched yeah. 20 minutes into our podcast. Um, so in the opening credit, I've noticed this time and time again. The opening credits for season one. Uh, Patricia Richardson is wearing like this pink mm-hmm. blouse or whatever that's untucked, and I, I I don't know how to put this gracefully. I am pretty sure she's she was pregnant. Oh when yeah, they she shot was. this. Oh, she was. Yeah, when uh, she was cast, she had just given birth to twins. Oh, uh, I wow. think she started um, only four weeks after having given birth. She, so absolutely, when they filmed these credits, was she uh, just post birth? You know, to quote the opening credits of another sitcom. Females are strong as hell. Unbreakable, they alive, damn it. Kimmy Schmidt. Oh, nice. Uh, oh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was trying to, <laughs> trying to place that one. Yeah. Uh, that's good. Well, you know what? Way to go. Uh, Patricia Richardson, you never Seriously. cease to amaze me. I know. Twins. She had two kids at home. I guess, hopefully she had a supportive husband looking yeah. after him. Or wife. Or you know what? Women can make it on their own. <laughs> I'm not trying to tell you what to do. I'm going to say one, one other thing about yeah. the credits. I realize this might piss people off. Um, but you can edit this out if you want to. <laughs> There is, I've been struggling with whether or not to bring this up, but I noticed something in the credits in the first handful of episodes that we watched Mm -hmm. that foreshadows the last episode of this entire series. Really? And I I can't, I don't want to say what it is, but I also want to point out that there's something unique about these opening credits that plays into the you, you, whole of the series. I feel like you can point it like, like this, this show, this po- it's not like game of Thrones here. Like nothing that you spoil is going to completely well, ruin. The it experience. is, it's, it is the series finale 
poses a problem for the tailors and a, a very specific problem. And the what is displayed in these opening credits is the solution. So blueprint. I don't. I don't want to say, but maybe this could be the thing. Is we'll have you try and guess what <laughs> what the thing is by the end of the series. Well, there are only. I mean, there are only so many things mm-hmm. in the 30 second intro and, we, and I'm going to have like about 200, maybe 195 more chances to yeah. get it. So sooner or later, I'm just going to be like, I'm just going to make a chronological list of every single element of the opening credits and yeah. start listing down it. But I think that sounds fun. Okay. That's another challenge. <laughs> First, me playing the home improvement theme on trumpet, then analyzing the opening credits. Yeah. God, we're just a barrel of monkeys over here. The fun <laughs> never stops. So you okay? What was uh? You, you said blueprint, uh, some sort of blueprint. Blueprint. Placing. Something okay. to do with blueprints. Uh, we'll 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 round that out a little bit more, I think, as yeah. the the episodes go on here to yeah. get some sort of uh narrative out of that. But yeah. Okay. Blueprints. Okay, but yeah, we can't wait any longer, Landon. We cannot delay any longer. These boys, these three boys, the three Taylor boys, <laughs> yes. they are roughhousing. They are being right. rambunctious and just. Randy's just... on roller skates inside the house. Yeah, roller blades. Roller I'm blades. Pretty that's sure right. he's on roller blades and he's wearing helmet, chin guard, elbow pads, wrist pads, just just Thomas J nineties all the way. <laughs> uh, and so he's the rollerblading around. They're they're making all this fuss. Tim is saying, guys, guys, you got to be quiet. Your your mom's trying to write this speech. Right. The guys are the uh, boys are going off to the park to play a game uh, called that they call Blade Warriors. Right. <laughs> Which is. I, well, Fantastic. Where's that episode? I want to know what Blade Warriors is. Where's that? I, I hope Blade Warriors is part of the Home Improvement SNES game. Yeah. I'm sure there's some sort of canon release from the 80s that, uh, some sort of movie, yeah. action movie. With Nick Cannon. Lots of neon lights and yeah. steam coming off the wet ground. Uh, so they're, they're going to play Blade Warriors and... Tim Tim is saying, "Wow, what's Blade Warriors?" Uh, no, no, no. He's mm-hmm. he's trying to keep the kids from doing it and displaying an unnatural, I think, degree. Like he's not normally this cautious. I think in yeah. any other episode, Tim would again, "Blade Warriors, let me play." That yeah, sounds amazing. Right. So first, there's this great bit of physical comedy where uh, Brad comes skating through the kitchen holding this net, which is part of the you know game equipment, and Tim catches the net as Brad goes by and like. <laughs> basically Tim swings him forward and then back into, into Randy. And yeah. they, it was just a good little, like a little knuckleheads moment. Yeah. It was, yeah. It's just, you know, some cool physical comedy that they did there on the set. No yeah. stunt people or anything. Just Couple so kids roughing out a rough housing. Yeah. yeah. That, that's not the main point. Yeah. Tim, Tim has a lot of questions and concerns and about issues this net. about this net. Yeah. At the same time, Randy is carrying a shotgun, a full-on what? shotgun. How did I miss that? How did you miss that? I made a note of it. I, in my brain, I think I logged it as like a lacrosse stick. Uh, well, when I first saw it, I was like, that can't be what I think it is. Because we'd paused and rewound for, for, for something. Oh, is that why you yeah. made me do that? Well, it, it was to Ryan to, to get the name of the oh. uh, something else. Yeah. But so he's... But so he picks it up and he's skating around with this thing. And yeah, it's a, it's like a gun. It's like a rifle looking Like a shotgun. BB gun. It has to be. It would have to be. But I don't know, man. Michigan. Michigan be crazy. Maybe it's one of those militias you have out there. Why bring a uh, why bring a blade to a gunfight? Yeah. Well, blade be, warriors. Because you're, like you're going to a park in Detroit, I guess. But uh, 
but yeah, he, so he's skating around with a shotgun and just through the, the rooms, child with a shotgun on roller skates. And Tim is like, what are you doing with this net, Brad? This net, what are you doing? Well, off you go. So he takes the net, says the net's yeah. stay in here. And he sends them out the door with, and Randy takes the shotgun out I'm, with him. I'm going to have to pull a, a still of this because yeah. I, that does not resonate in my head, but I don't disbelieve you. It's there. It's Weird. there. Wow. Okay. I, yeah. So right off, right off the bat. I just have questions about about what, how they're raising well, these This boys. is playing a little bit more into this uh, idea that Randy's a psychopath. <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm, I'm seeing it. I'm seeing it more and more. Like so far, nothing Randy says yeah. is ever genuine. It's always part of some well, bigger game and ploy. There's a moment later in this episode where um, he interrupts Jill as she's writing the speech and practicing the speech to tell her a joke, and it's a bad joke. Um, I th- yes. What was the joke? If a Undertaker and a snake got married what were what would their towels say yeah. hiss and hearse and he yeah. like he cracks up over it he does a but, move he turns around and like steadies himself on the door jam yeah it's too good and but it if he is a psychopath and a sociopath uh one or the other or that, both it's uh it would explain his disingenuous nature in that beyond just it being an awful joke that he thinks is funny if that makes any sense. Yeah, no, no, that no, that does. I mean, it was really just he he came up with the joke on the fly as an excuse to not be doing work and not helping right. his brothers. So when he put the question to Jill, what would it say on their towels if an undertaker and a snake got married? Do, do you want to know what I thought it was going to be? <laughs> yes, I do. You, do you want to have a peek into my psyche? I absolutely the old, do. The old comedy factory, which is my name for my brain. Uh, I thought that their <laughs> towels would say under snaker. Because it's kind of a clever portmanteau, except it's not really clever. <laughs> I just thought that they'd put, well, like, this combines our, you know, my beloved's species and my occupation. Let's let's put that combined word on our towels so everyone knows what house they're in. Undersnaker. Uh, I like the idea of that just in general. As the the punchline to the joke doesn't make a whole lot of sense, but I I think it was pro- my my version was probably fifteen percent worse than Randy's. <laughs> well, I wouldn't be too hard on yourself. Yeah, yeah. So uh, that's all. That's all I have uh, to well. offer about that. Um, oh, yeah, and then also as the kids are heading off to play Blade Warriors. Uh, Tim also notices that Brad smells like a pina colada. Because, <laughs> oh, that cracked me up. Yeah, because he used car air freshener as cologne <laughs> yeah. because of, say it with me, folks, Jenny Sidarsky. Yep. The 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 ongoing B-plot of the past four or five episodes. Yeah. I, which is interesting that they're allowing uh, this to de- develop for Brad and his character. Yeah. Like giving, even though Randy's kind of taken the center stage as the the actor... Uh, Brad's been given all the character stuff, which yeah. is kind of interesting. Yeah, it's like it's like they, already the writers have kind of figured out what to do with the kids. Mm-hmm. Mark is just still hammering that cute territory. Which we, I felt like as soon as we saw Mark in this episode, I'm like, oh, we haven't seen him in a while. He's kind of been yeah, probably since Flying Sauces. Uh, with the you know, I don't think he's really played a part in the last two episodes. Yeah, he hasn't he hasn't had that many big moments. There haven't been a lot of close ups on him saying something cute and precocious. Yeah. Uh, so it was just, it was nice to see him again. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> where where have you been? What have you been up to? Seriously. Yeah, they go off to play their, their game, uh, and Brad is still sensitive about Jenny Sadarsky. Like, mm-hmm. the, Tim asks Brad, why why have you got that air freshener on? What are you doing? 
And Randy goes, he's trying to impress Jenny Sidarsky. And Brad <laughs> chases him out and is hitting him. And yeah. it's like, but how how much longer are you going to be sensitive about this, man? You clearly like her. You talked to Tim about liking her. Yeah. Well, it's an interesting dynamic because he's only sensitive about it to um, Randy, who I guess it's like uh, you, the sibling rivalry. You don't want to be perceived as weak. Yeah. So, you know, because he doesn't even have another touching moment with Tim later in this episode yeah. where uh, he's asking whether or not he thinks he's asking Tim whether or not he thinks that uh, Jenny likes him. And Tim's like, did she, you know, or he said he hit me or she hit me on the, the playground and he goes, did he hit you? Did she hit you hard? And he goes, yeah, pretty hard. And like rubs his yeah. shoulder and Tim's like, you're in, buddy. <laughs> and then they have this like nice little moment. And, and they do. And that's a nice moment. The thing is, they had a moment like that an episode or two ago where Jenny Zdarsky calls him on the mm-hmm. phone for a school and wants to sit with him on the bus. And it's like, come on, man. I mean, how how, how again, slow are you two moving here? I mean, let's let's <laughs> let's let's go. I mean, well, what you are 11 years old? Yeah, I know. I'm just I'm saying when I was, you know, <laughs> girls moved a little faster when I was 11 years old. They moved straight to handholding. They didn't they didn't <laughs> go from sitting on the bus to then arm hitting to then who knows what. <laughs> Well, uh, I don't know. Maybe if a girl calls you in the morning before a school and wants to sit next to you on the bus, there's no more question of does she like me or not. I, I think I think Brad is not as confident as he lets on. So Jill's thing in this episode, what we come to find out after the boys head out the door, is that she's writing this uh, speech for yep. her for, for the library. Yeah, for the library because she rose, raised all this money. She rose all this money like bread, <laughs> uh, and. She is just trying to find excuses not to. She wants to clean the fridge. Mm-hmm. She wants to clean the house. She's replacing the fridge light. Yeah. That's kind of the the series of procrastination that she takes is like, oh, I was writing it, but then I came down for a drink and saw that the fridge light was out and I had to replace it right now. She plugs it in and Tim's, you know, trying to like eke this out of her a little bit, um, her hesitancy. And she's like, oh, look, uh, you know, as soon as the light goes on, she's like, oh, mm-hmm. look, the fridge is filthy. I have to clean this right now. And, and by the... I my fridge is filthy and has been for six to eight months. I've never had that impulse. Nothing, and I like procrastinating, <laughs> yeah. but I've never wanted to procrastinate so bad that I clean a fridge. So God bless you, Jill. Uh, I have. I've done that before. I think. Do you want to come over to my place and procrastinate? <laughs> That's also my pickup line, uh, so it doesn't work yeah. very well. I charge to procrastinate too. So <laughs> I've never paid for it in my life. So. <laughs> So so Jill is trying to stall for time and make excuses to not write her speech. And Tim is uncharacteristically really on her about this. Like, Jill, how's the speech coming along? Not in an abrasive way. Not at all. In a very supportive way. That's what was uncharacteristic about it. So often on this show, every episode up until now, it's Tim wants to be goofy and wild and weird. Mm -hmm. And it's Jill trying to keep him on track. And this was a really kind of... Uh, novel reversal of fortune. And as yeah. soon as I saw it, I was like, oh, this is cool. You're showing me something I haven't seen, Home Improvement. I, yeah, I would guess that it would get a little played out of everything was Battle of the Sexes every, you know, two seconds. Um, so yeah. it was a nice, as you said, a little turn of, like, just showing Tim uh, as his, like, loving, caring, nurturing, uh, woke, if you will, yeah, uh, I husband. Yeah. <laughs> I, it really, because what he says to her then to, to keep her on, on track is saying, no, you just go upstairs and you work. Uh, you're not, you know, I'll take care of the boys all yeah. day. We'll clean the whole house. I'll make you dinner. I just want to give you time to work. Right. And I'm watching, and this is just great. This is really good husbandry. Way to go, Tim. And even on top of that, um, she, he avoids the traps, at least in two instances in this episode, he avoids the traps that she lays uh, just 
I, th- I would assume out of frustration and trying to procrastinate anything to get away from writing the speech at the beginning. Um, he says something about like, are you, she says when he's trying to get to the bottom of why she's afraid, he says something to the extent of, uh, are you worried about how you look? And she tries to turn that into a fight about, are you saying I'm ugly? Are you saying I'm fat? And he sidesteps it where that, that little setup would have been an entire episode. Well, that was the last episode. Yeah. It's them them fighting over how she cleans out the sink. Or yeah. him In the last episode, Tim was too impatient to explain to his wife how to do a thing she didn't know how to do without yelling at her. Mm-hmm. And in this episode, he's uh, he's he's uh, he's gallant as opposed to goofus of yeah. the popular goofus and gallant cartoon series. Right. So, I mean, this is kind of like if you want to make a correlation, seeing Michael Scott being able to close the seal, uh, seal, <laughs> close the sale. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he's he's a he's a vet a veterinarian, and he's he's just sewing up the seal who he's had to do major surgery on. He's sewing up a seam on a seal who's split open. Um, yeah, so let's go to the tool time set. Yeah, yes. Tim Tim says he's going to take care of all this. She goes upstairs, and then the transition that we get into the tool time set. Wait, it was one of the weirder ones. It defies all explanation. It's like the the the. So what what we're transitioning to on tool time? They're using some sort of Binford mounted drill to drill mm-hmm. holes in something. The, they're making a dowel joints. Perfect. You wrote it down. But the whole, I really wish you guys could see what I'm doing with my hands right now, because the whole... He's like the, doing the recycle symbol, almost. Yeah, yeah that's yeah, that's going to make sense. It, the whole screen just starts to like swirl around together towards the center, yeah. and then it like flips backwards down the Z-axis onto this drill <laughs> and, and spirals downward into it. I Again, it gave me a headache looking at it. Yeah, your explanation just made me feel like I failed at math, that, so... Well, that's that's good. <laughs> I have the authentic feeling of that from, from my from my youth, as we know. Uh, but then we're on the set of Tool Time. Yeah. Can I can I start... I want to ask this first. Oh, please. I just, I just yeah, need yeah. to know. So Tim has said, I'm g- you have to write this speech today, Jill. Yeah. On this day, you have to write this speech. I'm going to watch the boys all day long. And I'm going to clean the house and everything. <laughs> I know where you're going with this. And then we're on the set of Tool Time. <laughs> so, yeah. Did he just, did he just like, dart out of the house for, like, half an hour to record a Tool Time episode and then came right back? Or where does, the, what do you think the chronology of this is? Yeah, well. Is there a time machine? It's a very good question. Clones? I was going to suggest that maybe it was a pre-recorded episode, you know, um... That doesn't affect the chronology, but what he says on the episode, because he he goes into men doing um, their lion's share, of, or not the lion's share, but their fair share of the the housework, a very, the vacuuming, the cleaning, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Yeah, a, a very woke topic for yeah. him to be on on the show. Um, so, but that was precisely what him and Jill were just talking about. So, my guess is he went upstairs into the because Jill is practicing and writing in the bedroom. Mm-hmm. My guess is he went upstairs in the hallway, tiptoed to her door, and uh shimmied shimmied like an old antique chair underneath the doorknob, locked her in, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. snuck out, went to maybe Brad, Randy and Mark are like uh backstage. Yeah. Uh waiting. It's yeah. like a it's a some sort of uh, 90s PG family comedy. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Baby's Day Out with the, you know, the kids. He's got Lisa watching them. Yeah. Brad develops a crush on her, obviously. Exactly. Or no, maybe Randy does, because yeah. Randy hasn't discovered women yet, but maybe because Randy has this advanced kind of sense of humor, right. he's more into older women and more into Pamela Anderson at the age of 25. Right. And that's, you know, that, that, I think that's yeah. that's the and shadow episode that Mark I Mark walks away with them as Brad and Randy are fighting with each other. <laughs> 
<laughs> and and then and then we slowly slowly pan to Al standing behind a curtain, just clenching his fist and going, "Taylor, one day." Uh, oh, I have something to ask you. Uh, ask me. We're in the next uh, tool time segment. Yeah, we'll we'll come to that. It's at the very end of the yeah. episode, but so yeah, I don't have an answer for you in terms of the chronology, but it is. Like it's one of those weird things. It's either it's either Tim has a prestige machine where he made another version of himself <laughs> to do right. the show. Yeah, uh, which I wouldn't rule out. Him and David Bowie. Oh my collaborated. god! I hope there's a Tesla coil somewhere <laughs> in this show. I don't recall there being one, but I want to see what Tim does with a Tesla coil. I want okay. <laughs> The 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 new the new thing is we do a biopic about Nikola Tesla, except he's played by Tim Allen in the character of Tim Taylor. Oh <laughs> he's my just like God. AC power. <laughs> it's the eighteen hundreds. <laughs> Free energy for everybody. Was he was he AC or was he DC power? I don't know. I just know he had big balls. Did he have? Uh, well. That's an ACDC joke yeah, for you. Yeah, that's good. That's good. <laughs> I, I love that I actually believed for, for half a second. I was like, wait, does Nikola Tesla have the same reputation as Lyndon Johnson of just having ginormous, uh, ginormous junk? But somehow we got into we got into Nikola Tesla's pants by accident. Uh, it happens. Maybe this episode to go to labor belabor the the chronology a bit more. Maybe mm-hmm. it's like a Pulp Fiction thing where oh, yeah. the the Second, the the tool time segment actually happened before all of the stuff at the house, and that's why Tim, Tim, because Tim from the get go is like, "Hey, no, 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 guys, don't make a fuss. We all have to clean and help your mother." Maybe yeah. he was already thinking about that because of the show that he'd taped that morning. Yeah, and could so, be. so maybe the the no the the logic is you know in the writers' room they're like, "Okay, they're going to see this first scene with him mm-hmm. being all woke and on top of the kids to be nice and to clean the house and making all these offers." And the audience is going to be like, whoa, why is that happening? And the yeah. next scene answers that question by showing well, what he was doing that I morning. want to jump on this moment here uh, that you're talking about. Jump y- on it. You, the, you brought up the audience and their reaction to what Tim <laughs> brings up. And so Tim's, Tim turns to the camera in one of his you know typical, you know, I'm forgetting about the show we're doing, uh, talking to the audience and says that men need to do their fair share of the housework. Isn't that right, guys? And it does a reverse shot to the audience and there, no one is clapping. Cheep, cheep, There's cheep. one guy. This is my favorite moment of the episode. I, did, I saw you laughing. I didn't oh see what this God. was. It's this dude who looks like Bob Balaban is sitting on the end and so when Tim asks, right guys? And there's nothing. And then Tim goes, I'm not hearing anything. It cuts back to the audience one last time and this one dude just kind of goes, he does one clap, realizes he's alone in the world, in the land of clapping. Well, we're all alone in the world. <laughs> and just, like, puts his hands down. And I... It, it, he didn't look like an actor. And yeah. I'm wondering if it was... Well, he looks like... Uh, did he look like Bob Balaban? Because Bob Balaban's like, an actor, so... Are you saying Bob Balaban fair. doesn't look like an actor? Uh, maybe, yeah, that is what I'm saying. Anyhow, it just reminded me a moment uh, of a moment from the the television, the Ricky Gervais show uh, Extras. Mm-hmm. That he's in a support group, and when <laughs> someone finishes uh, telling their AA story or something, he like goes to applaud and gets like one clap out and realizes, oh, that's not what we're doing now. Um, anyway, it really cracked me up just to watch the audience member. I'm gonna have to grab a, a gif of that. I yeah, think. yeah, the 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 single lone lone <laughs> yeah. guy in the audience who wants to clean his house. Oh, it's such a good moment. The other thing I noticed from that segment, or the mm-hmm. other thing I liked from that segment, is when they first come in, they're they're drilling something to make a uh, to they're they're trying to build some sort of joint, I guess, the dowel joint, a yeah. dowel joint, and so 
Tim comes out, or they, they've done it, Tim is holding the thing up and says, we, uh, we've built this, this dowel joint, and if we put a hinge on it, it'd be a swinging joint, wouldn't it, Al? And he goes, and he just starts dancing around and scatting and says, take it away, Al! And Al says, I don't think so, Tim. <laughs> it's a tried and true, I don't think so, Tim moment, for sure. I think I I don't I don't know if that's my that might be my favorite moment of the episode. It was a, we'll, we'll see yeah. if I find one later. I mean, on, it wasn't but. a moment heavy episode, so that's why I think <laughs> a unnamed audience member was my favorite moment. Yeah, um, but I kind of like these ones better, man. Yeah. You know, the ones that that aren't really plot or moment yeah. heavy, but we just, you know they're just. They give us more room to, to scat sing our podcast yeah. all over the place. There's a, a, one more moment before we leave the set of tool time here, sure. which was uh, even though Tim is so aware and, and, and I don't want to keep using the word, but woke yeah, in this yeah. episode, he is straight up a dick to L in the first. Oh, yeah. Because he goes, uh, he's talking about uh, everyone helping out around the house, the men helping out cleaning and everything. And Al's like, well, I clean up everything around here. It'd be nice to have some help. And Tim's like. Nope. We all need help, don't we? We all need help. And then puts his jacket on, says goodbye, and walks out without helping. It's like you can't have both. Well, the, I <laughs> you think... could make the joke and then help clean, <laughs> or don't make the joke at all. Also, there's a whole stage crew at Home Improvement, but they have one of the hosts, the only knowledgeable host, is in charge of cleaning up. Yeah. Audience booking is being done by Lisa. Uh I... Who are all the other people? Like, what are these all like no-show Sopranos jobs <laughs> where they just like the the mob has people collecting paychecks yeah. for workers who aren't there? It's just people from Cooking with Irma that are uh, <laughs> coming over to their studio saying, "We need this. We need a we need a C-stand stat." Yeah, yeah. We need some we need some fresh coriander. <laughs> yeah, they're slowly dismantling the Tool Time set behind the scenes <laughs> to take stuff over to the Cooking with Irma set. But the Tool Time guys are are fully prepared to rebuild this, set, so it's kind of uh, a <clears throat> you know. It's a Mobius strip. It's a circle. It's yeah. a catch twenty-two. It's a metaphor that doesn't really play out that well. <laughs> from there, we go back to the Taylor house, yes. and uh, the Brad and Randy are back from uh, Blade Warriors. Yeah, and, I guess Tim uh, has gone and got them at the park and brought yeah. them back. They're complaining, <clears throat> and I don't know if you caught this. Did you catch the name of Brad's friends? One of them was named Stinky. It's Bob and Stinky. What? Ten-year-old has friends named Bob and Stinky that doesn't alert a parent to go, those aren't children names. <laughs> there is clearly some sort of, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like pinky in the brain-esque, like uh, a man-child and mastermind yeah. living in a van near the park named <laughs> Bob and Stinky. We have to go over there and explore. They're, they're the ones who provide them all the blades for Blade Warriors. <laughs> Uh, I want to know what, if we assume that these are kids, yeah. what two parents, I'm not even going to dwell on Stinky, I know that's a nickname, <laughs> right. kids are cruel, what two parents are like looking at their at their beautiful newborn son and say, let's name him Bob. I'll tell you who, Bob Vila. <sighs> maybe, maybe it's Bob Vila hanging down by the park trying to get, trying to like do some subterfuge uh for tim's show like he's gonna plant some seeds inside of brad and randy's brain hopefully they seep back to tim bring down his show from the inside me and bob vila down by the schoolyard yeah yeah and maybe l is actually we talked about him being a secret agent maybe he's a secret agent for this old house oh that would be that is actually the most plausible thing that he would be going undercover <laughs> for he's an undercover agent from a rival home improvement yes. show. yes oh my god so anyhow bob and stinky they're talking about uh, the kids and stuff and um uh, yeah, yeah, 
And and Tim explains that well, I've brought you back because we're gonna clean the house. Mm-hmm. And he's got a he comes out and he's got a tool belt on full right. of cleaning supplies, doing the whole kind of John Wayne swagger. Right. And Randy says, but cleanings for uh, women or cleanings for girls or something like that. And Tim actually uses the phrase, but we're enlightened men. Yeah. Which I thought was kind of interesting. That, that was he's learned something from Wilson after yeah. these these eleven episodes. Yeah. We haven't even got to Wilson yet. Oh, we're getting gosh. close to the end of this episode, but. Uh, so he, he comes out and they, he just kind of dispatches the boys to cleaning. He's got Brad and Randy doing mm-hmm. the windows. He has, uh, Mark on the little buffer. chamois or yeah. whatever. And he's just dragging him around to yeah. pick up the lots of fun. I, it, was, it was like really good parenting. Uh, I felt like. Yeah. Yeah. The, again, not a great episode, but just everything in it was sweet. It wasn't mm-hmm. cloying, but everybody on this show has good chemistry together. Yeah. And when you see them having fun together, it, you kind of have fun too. It yeah. doesn't feel... Even though the show is is hacky in so many ways, it, all the interactions feel really natural just because of the talent of the performers. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, I feel like we're going to be treading a lot of water if we go point by yeah, point here. Yeah, because, yeah, yeah. Um, but one thing I do want to mention in, in the cleaning stuff is mm-hmm. uh, it kind of goes back and forth between Jill coming down yeah. and uh, going back up. And Randy, that's where Randy comes in with his joke and they have a moment. Um, but there's... Uh, the moment when Tim soups up the vacuum cleaner. Yes, yes. And I, you, you had a much larger reaction to it than I did, but I want you to walk us through uh, what this whole thing entails. Yeah. Uh, so Jill earlier has made Tim promise, as she always does futilely, not to give more power to anything. <laughs> right. She's been upstairs working on the speech. We're intermittently cutting up there to her. The boys eventually come and interrupt her. And one of them mentions offhand that dad rewired the vacuum. So she goes down... And makes Tim show her what he's done. So she takes the vac. So he takes the vacuum, which is sitting there on the ground, picks up the vacuum tube, which interest. It doesn't have a nozzle on the end of it. It's just an open tube. But so he sets it on the light setting and starts just kind of vacuuming off the couch, and it works like a normal vacuum. And Jill says, "Well, that doesn't seem too different." And Tim says, "Oh, well, it's on whisper quiet setting." But what was the name of the power suck? Power suck. <laughs> so he sets it to power suck, otherwise known as who needs a woman. <laughs> <laughs> Just a call back to the jacuzzi episode of the Who Needs a Man setting. Oh, God. Uh, you know, let's just stop the podcast there. We're not going to top that for goofers today. Sets it to, he sets it to Who Needs a Woman. And immediately, all of these, like, papers and loose objects from the other side of the room just start getting sucked towards them. It's so incredibly powerful. And Mark is standing there by the door, and Mark is holding onto the doorknob, and he gets basically picked up by his feet and is hanging off the doorknob by one hand being sucked toward the vacuum. Yeah. And Jill has to run over and grab him. Very cartoony moment. Yes, he's like, they show, and they show this in the, in the ending blooper reel during the credits that he's just, that they had him on a, Peter Pan type yeah, wire hoist or anything. They didn't actually have a super powerful vacuum there on set, which what? is what I'd assumed that it had been. <laughs> uh, no, I just lost my shit for that. I did not see that coming yeah. at all. It's been kind of a while since I've done a big setup mm-hmm. like that. It, it just—it was just pure joy, man. The nineties. Yeah. It was a I simpler mean, time. It was—it was very much a not of this reality uh, and physics sort of thing. But I think we have a lot more of that stuff to come in store uh, oh, down yeah. the road. Well, yeah. Once the show becomes a parody of itself, as yeah. every show does. Exactly. It's going to be amped. But yeah, that was—it was a very bizarre moment. I don't even feel like in the first ten episodes we had anything quite like that. We didn't really. The nearest thing would be when Rondal was over and Tim 
Oh, yeah, it that's keeps right. dropping down on the harness, but that's right. just because they were doing harness gags. Yeah, and, right. And as far as harness gags go, this one is better than any of the Rondal episode. <laughs> and I don't care who knows it. Yeah, well, the show's just getting better as it's going on. I would say so. But Jill doesn't seem that mad about it. I think she just goes back upstairs to work on her speech. Yeah. And then Tim goes outside. Maybe, maybe it was an afternoon daydream. She she dozed off while writing her speech and envisioned this. That would kind of yeah. explain away the, the physics of this. Well, when she was upstairs working on her speech, before before Brad and Randy come in and interrupt her, she's trying to work on it, and she lays down in the bed and says, oh, I'm just going to take a nap. And I thought, oh, is this going to be an episode where we get a dream sequence? Ooh, I was so excited. I can't wait for one of those. So, but they, but he goes outside. Uh, Tim goes outside mm-hmm. after all this has been, after all this mess with the vacuum to talk to Wilson. We're at the Wilson scene. And and you were typing a lot of notes and I'm just dying to well, hear. I actually only wrote two notes. Oh. Um, I do, I, well, I have a question about Wilson, but we'll get to that we in We have so episodes. many questions about Wilson. But uh, the he his action, Wilson's yes. action in this one is that he's carving a canoe. And he had a pretty good line there. Yeah, yeah. How, how does one, how does one carve a canoe, Landon? Because it sounds asks, pretty difficult. Tim asks, how does one carve a canoe? And Wilson says, well, that's easy. You just carve away everything that's not a canoe. <laughs> Disney says something about he doesn't go out in public. Yeah, that's the that was the main thing that I was that I really latched onto. Uh, yeah. Not in terms of like the God theory that we're developing here, but what possibly could be the reasons for Wilson not going out into public? Well, okay, so Tim's setup is Jill has to give this speech. She's really nervous about public speaking. Do you ever get nervous about public speaking? And mm-hmm. Wilson says, I don't go out in public. He could have he could have social anxiety disorder, mm-hmm. uh, which he only really feels comfortable uh, interacting with people when he's got a barrier between them. Yeah. And let me just say, Wilson, the internet bud, it's coming and you're going <laughs> to love it. It's done wonders for me. He could have a podcast. That's another That's right. acceptable way to interact with people Actually, without seeing them. Actually, in 1991 was uh, when the internet was first commercially available. Maybe well, maybe he doesn't go out into public because he became an internet, one of the first internet addicts. <laughs> Tim, I don't watch TV. I'm on the information superhighway. <laughs> There's four That's websites funny. and I have one of them. Uh, as you were talking here, I actually developed a little bit of a theory. Oh. Maybe he's got a Dr. Doom complex. In that Dr. Doom supposedly has like one little gash on his cheek, like a tiny little scar, but it's it's so so much of a blemish to him psychologically that he hides his entire face. So maybe Wilson has some sort of little scar built defense to be a certain height so that he could never actually be seen fully, and this is all part of his mask. Maybe he got the injury on his face while building the fence in the first place, and then he was like, I must make this fence taller. It would have to be an injury to his chin, too, or, like, his lower yeah. lip. Well, I actually do think we see parts of that in further episodes. Well, because but... isn't there a gag where they're obscuring the top of his face, but not yeah, the bottom? Yeah, exactly. But... They they have to get creative, uh, you know, by season six. They, they're coming up with new ideas. Sure, sure. The fan base was clamoring for more Wilson's face-hiding yeah. gags. The transitions are not enough. <laughs> he talks to Wilson. Wilson gives him some advice about... Yeah, he just he quotes gets... that Mark Twain quote about it's better to better to not say anything and be thought a fo- fool than to open your mouth and remove all doubt. Yeah, but what I found in this episode, uh, which is playing on last week's episode, which was about meta messages. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tim comes in, just to recap last week real quick, Tim gets put on blast for 
over explaining mansplaining things to women mm-hmm. jill particularly and uh wilson goes into this whole spiel about meta messages and how you use language to feel superior to other people he does this exact thing to tim where he's like oh well here's this quote that i find super humorous it's by samuel clemens oh you don't recognize that name it's actually mark twain that was his pseudonym a nom de guerre <laughs> yeah exactly and uh it's like just you know tim doesn't know this shit just Say Mark Twain, say pen name, so that you. Uh, I don't know. Maybe no, maybe no. Wilson's just no. That that's a feeling re- low that day. He needs to boost his self esteem somehow. Well, if the only uh, we have a lot of evidence now that the only person he interacts with is Tim, so yeah. I, he has to get a lot of emotional mileage out of this one relationship that he seems to have. Yeah. So that's feeling superior. That's giving advice. That's love. That's yeah. all, any number of feelings. I have one last thing that I feel like we have to bring up. Yeah. We're at the end of the episode now. We're back on the set of Tool Time. Jill has given her speech. Yeah. They're all backstage. Yeah. Did you have something? I well, just if we just I, I want to hit one thing for oh, so please. after the Wilson scene, Tim again goes upstairs to help Jill rehearse for her speech mm-hmm. with a little help from Mark. Oh right. They, yeah. they provide this an audience. They, they just want to provide an audience for her so she can rehearse her speech. And she says, "Well, most of the audience is going to be women." So Tim uh, and Mark dress up as women. Tim. Twice because in three it's episodes funny to now. see a man in drag. Yeah, but Tim Tim leaps to I'm gonna put on I'm going to dress like a woman. This is twice in three episodes <laughs> he's done this. Yeah, and so he and Mark put on some of her clothes and he puts on her earrings and they mm-hmm. sit there and they're impersonating women and he says to Mark as he's as he's doing it, uh, "You never do this outside the house, Mark." So a I think it bears it bears mentioning Tim, you know, and not to criticize by any yeah. means. I'm just saying for. You know, Tim certainly dresses up like a woman a lot, and he's doing it to help his wife. He's doing it for all the right reasons. Uh-huh. Also, he made one comment to Jill regarding the magnitude of her achievement. Uh, she's she said, "I'm not the president of anything. I'm not a CEO. I'm I'm just a I'm just a bold sugar baker woman in this accent." <laughs> I love that you latched onto her Texan accent. Kind of, you know, it it waxes and wanes does, from one yeah. episode to the next. But she's saying she doesn't have any qualifications to give this speech. And Tim says, you're the chairman of the most successful fundraising drive in library history. And when I heard that, I thought, wait, does he mean this library or all libraries? Has she right? Out- There's a lot of presidential libraries out there. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Did she fundraise like six billion dollars for the Hamtramck Library? <laughs> I put together a six million dollar project to put together all of FDR's canes that were gifted to him during his 18 presidencies or however long he was in term. They pretend to be women. She rehearses her speech, or she rehearses like the first 20 percent of it, and then says, "And it just goes on from there." And they're like, yeah. "Yay, it's great!" And then, and then we go to the set of Tool Time, right? Immediately after they've given, she's Which, given the speech. Yeah, and this Tool Time moment is pretty innocuous, but there's there's a fleeting thing that happens. I think. Yeah. Did you catch it? A fleeting sighting of Lisa. Oh well, there's definitely that, which is overhead view. Yeah, Yeah. she she gives the like. Does everybody know what time it is? Tool time, like into the mic, getting the audience amped up and everything, uh, doing the the intro to the show. Um, But it's even before that. There's there's a moment when Jill walks backstage and Al's there. There is a weird energy, like if two people have sex and they don't want the anyone else to know but they see each other at a party there's this like oh hey jill oh, oh hey al hi hey yeah okay you know this is a different energy but i think it's similar to 
this the, the the thing that I'm going to refer to it yeah. isn't a they had sex energy, but okay. there's a similar kind of weight to it. The end of planes, trains, and automobiles. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Chicago. Every time you go away is playing. Right. John Candy and Steve Martin go into Steve Martin's house at long last. Steve Martin is reunited with his wife. She's crying. He's crying. It's a happy moment. And she's standing there on the stairs, and she looks down. And she sees John Candy. Uh, Steve Martin says, "This is Del Griffith, honey. He's a friend of mine." And she says, "Hello, Mr. Griffith." And John Candy says, hello, Mrs. Page. And they both have this very solemn kind of reverent way of saying it. And it felt almost like that. That kind mm. of like, hi, Al. It kind hi, of like Jill. mutual respect. Like, yeah, we both have dealt with this character, Steve Martin or Tim Allen. Yeah. Uh, we've both dealt with him. We both know what it's like to deal with him. But we've never quite shared the experiences yet because we don't know each other. Yeah. But there's a mutual... Uh, commiseration or a mutual kind of acknowledgement between of uh like two two war veterans meeting for the first time exactly she uh al is really sort of tim's work jill if you will right because he cleans up (laughs) after him he deals with all of his crap and has to and is always the one trying to rein him in and keep him on track so they do two they do the same job in different surroundings and they share this So I get, yeah, so it could be, listen, I don't want to, I don't want to suggest that they're not boning. (laughs) I just think it could also be a much deeper respect or they could have a deep respect and be boning. It's anything. So then, then the episode ends with, okay. And, and on this same oddly formal, I feel like every interaction Al has with the Taylor family is very much like he's, he's arrived at Buckingham Palace for a state dinner and you, like, you you sit down and you cross your legs and there's like the tea service and you have to take one sip, but he sits down next to Mark who's there and says, hello Mark, and Mark says, hi Al, and he says, do you have fun this weekend? Or you do anything fun this weekend? And Mark says, dad and I dressed up like women. And, (laughs) and he, he doesn't, doesn't miss, miss a beat and, and, Mark says something like, yeah, we put on, put on hats and earrings and, and Al says, well, you'd have to put on earrings to complete the outfit. Complete the ensemble. Yeah. Ensemble. Yeah. (laughs) And then Tim's, Tim is trying to diffuse this and says, well, it's not like we're wearing bras or anything. And Al goes, well, maybe next time, Tim. (laughs) I, Al could, I'm going to say this now and it's probably stupid. Al could have had a spinoff. Oh, 100%. I would have watched it. It wouldn't have done well, but I think people years later, like today, yeah. would look and say, why didn't this show do better? Um, and that's that's the episode. You yeah, that's pretty much it. be scared of public speaking. Yeah. That's a good, it's a good note to go out on. Yeah. Speaking of that. Publicly. <laughs> publicly. <laughs> um, you can find uh, our show notes for today's episode on our website, gruntworkpodcast.com. Um you can reach us with any further longer comments or anything at uh, our email address, which is info, I-N-F-O, at gruntworkpodcast.com. We've already gotten a few um, really, really supportive, nice uh, open communications with people. It's uh, I'm really excited that people are listening. Yeah, me too. Um, you can also connect with us on Twitter uh, or Facebook. We have a Facebook page. If you just search for Grunt Work Podcast, uh, you'll find us. Um Instagram, and we're just trying to get out, you know, wherever we can. Uh, so if you see our episode anywhere, rate us, review us, share us, comment, uh, do do all the things that the peoples do. Yeah, <laughs> I, I I could not agree more. Yeah, one of these days I'm going to learn all those things so I can I can take part <laughs> and actually help you say that. <laughs>
Your adoring glances are all I need. No, that's good. That's good. Well, then then I won't. That's all you're going to get. You can do all the cleaning up. Uh, Well, Landon. Yeah. With regard to what time it is, do you know? (laughs) (laughs) It just keeps getting better and better. I'm just going to stop the podcast now.